I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Prep Phase podcast, the official unofficial podcast for Rainbow Six Siege. And we're going through our second half. We talked about the esports news, things that are changing, everything that's happened at the Six Charlotte Major, and changes that are coming to the game itself. But now we're on the CCTV. I want to talk about and talk to two players that have been around since the earliest days of Rainbow Six competitive play and have done pretty well for themselves and for the squad. At the Charlotte Major, it's from OXG Laxing and Foxy Gents. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing all right. Could just got better. back home after the major. I'm glad to be home. I'll say that. Fox, yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it like one or two more days if I don't get that that land the land sickness that always happens after each event. Then I'll be good. I'll, I'll consider it a win. Fair enough. I mean, and, you know, I really wanted to talk about the the major and all, but. Before we dig into kind of numbers and games and stuff, um, how how was it to just be there? Because we were talking about this earlier. There's so many. Was it half the players that were at the Charlotte Major have never played on stage, have never seen what a you know venue with an audience looks like? But you guys have seen it all. You know, you played in so many different stages over the years. How was this experience for you? Um, at least for me, I would genuinely. At least because we were on OXG and a bunch of people wanted to see us winning, I would say that this event was second to Tokoname Japan. I, I'd put it pretty high up there. I think the crowd was ecstatic. I think uh, it was amazing to see everyone back there. And even though there was still you know very safe precautions to keep everyone safe, it, it was still very interactive with everybody. So uh, in terms of setups and stuff we had to deal with at the event i mean it could have been better but in terms of crowd and everything i i put it i put it up there i can i can touch up on what fox was saying yeah i mean tokaname like granted we're you know we're talking about charlotte here but like tokaname was like one of the best experiences also just from like a crowd perspective because they cheered for everyone they made everyone feel like you know they were their team there was no like quiet for any play that was being made by any team but going into the Charlotte major, like we definitely had in my opinion and from all the events that Fox was saying that we've been to, to have like the fans cheering out your team, your name, like this and that, like that was one of the coolest experiences for me. And, you know, I've been doing this for seven years now to have that happen seven years later, you know, it's, it's funny, but like, it's, it's also nice to see, but yeah, having, having the crowd again after so long, not having one, it was truly an experience for sure. I feel like Tokenami was like the start of the, the sort of luxury brands for you guys. I, I don't know if one of you posted like a tweet or like a photo of like a bag or something like that that you'd gotten from one of these places. I got my, so I got my Gucci backpack when I was in Japan. So, you know, there's some significance to my Gucci backpack. Fair. Um, so, so yeah, you weren't wrong at that, but fuck, like the whole team was posting stuff that, that we got. Oh yeah, I bought this ridiculous like windbreaker. It was like a Balenciaga windbreaker. 
and on the windbreaker it says balenciaga paris but <laughs> so no one is gonna know that i got it in japan but Brilliant. for some reason i just thought it would be so cool if i just got it there and i'd never wear it it was a complete waste of money it's like out of all the things I could have bought, like there was actually cool like windbreakers that like could, you could look at a shirt and I'd had to buy the one that was a big puffy like oversized. <laughs> like I just look ridiculous in it. It's just you can't wear it with anything. To be honest, I got what is it? We we were in Tokoname for three and a half, four days maybe. I'd spent almost three weeks after that and before it in um in Tokyo is worth every single penny. Oh completely yeah, 100%. worth it. And I, I really hope we get an event again. This is a you know, shout out to the Japanese fans out there that might be watching. I would love to go back to your country. It's incredible. I think all of us would, would jump into it. And you know what? Imagine like players in Tokyo. If an event there, you know, in Tokyo, everybody's walking around well-dressed, you know, like this sort of Japanese streetwear, like Harajuku style uh, for, mm. you know, those side streets that you see. Shit, I don't even know what it was called. You're just coming out here with <laughs> it. So now, is that, now. like, space that you see? You know, a lot of those, like, streetwear photos that come out of Tokyo come from yeah. the Harajuku area. So it's a specific area yeah. that in Shibuya, which is Shibuya City, one of the cities that makes up Tokyo, greater Tokyo, that area is known for those streets where everybody's dressed up so well and walks around. And I got to experience it day in, day out, because our hotel was not far away from it. So... It was. Hmm. It's great. I would love to see this sort of stuff again. I think we've all matured a lot since then, in in so many ways. You know. Yeah, I mean, you'll... I got a beard. Fox has got way more face hair than he has. You know, there's definitely <laughs> some maturing going on. For sure. Yeah, I got my own beard too. Are you still focusing <laughs> yeah. on the e boy style, or what's going on, Fox? Uh, I honestly feel like my style has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I won't lie. I'm feel... a little more dapper. Yeah, I feel like I've been transitioning away from like the little things or the things that I've used to be doing. And like also like I still, you know, dabble in some high brand designer stuff. But at the same time, I'm not as uh, hyper focused on it. And it's like if I really like it, I'll get something. But yeah, I feel like I've been transitioning into a more like formal type of like outfits. Like I've been I like like the button ups now. Like I've been wearing those like short sleeve button ups. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting into my like my clubbing my clubbing phases of of age so he's grown up fast he's buying chelsea boots he's yeah. getting oh dad you know he's getting know, real yeah, when he yeah, buys yeah. chelsea boots now i just got to get rid of the sweatpants i need like i don't even know what like i wouldn't call them dress pants but i need like nicer nicer he's, he's been wearing he's been wearing the plaid pants going down yeah, you know, really like good chinos denim you know yeah, yeah stuff yeah, like yeah. that yeah for sure I think smarts like smarts slowly yeah. creeping into my wardrobe as well. I've noticed I wear a lot more shirts than t-shirts. I've, I've been on that for a while now. Yeah, like scary. I just feel like I'm getting older, so like now you know I'm not the you um, maybe top hat. Yeah, yeah. This one's slowly turn into pocket watch. Look, imagine this: UK, okay, London event, okay. UK mm -hmm. major, yeah, and it's over for me. Everybody's dressed up for the photos. You dress up in like a Victorian style for the photos. It's, imagine like That'd Assassin's awesome. Creed Syndicate kind of thing. I look great. One hundred percent. That look cool. That look sick. Put one of those powder wigs on my head too, and you know, get the yeah, like the <laughs> like the judges or whatever. Yeah, yeah like back in the day. <laughs> Shit, I'd be solid. Oh, no, George we Washington. Went, if we went to the UK, I feel like that is probably like the last place i'd be safe at those guys despise me <laughs> why is everyone it in the uk what's what's up with the i UK? mean me and fox definitely like you know we've we've had our fair share of like you know kind of not 
inadvertently, but like that, like, you know, it we've we've roasted the UK a few times, so you know, there there's definitely some things that have came out from the UK Twitter that has like popped up on our feed due to like what we say and then you know what we say back with. So mm-hmm. I, I see where Fox is coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. But you know, you talk about food, which is the first thing that pops up when I think about the UK. It's not a like UK. Awful, awful UK. Not a UK. I don't know how this is even a discussion. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, th- have... I thought you. I thought Milos was gonna be like talking about food. The yeah. UK, like, no, 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 there's no, no, some no. good, there's some good have food. Have you ever there. had their beans on toast? <laughs> like, genuinely, you've got to, that's you, all you, they talk about. Man, honestly, like, you need to wake up. We literally invented MasterChef. Like Gordon Ramsay is Scottish. We've got like, there is so much good food Where in the UK. Cook? He literally one of not UK food. One of the biggest memes of the well, UK is, is no like bad food. The UK. There is no what? Like, there's no like fine dining like meal that you think of when it comes to the UK, unless you like think of like fish and chips and yeah. jelly uh, eels and all that stuff. Yeah, but... Yeah, but so so like. The but the thing is like with fine dining, in my opinion, the only like fine dining sort of cuisine would be French. Uh, kind of yeah. overrated. But, but then aside from that, overrated. you can make everything fine dining if you want to. That's true. Like you can make fine dining fish and chips, and there'll be a place in the UK that does that. I ain't eating it. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be decent well, stuff there, but I will say, in terms of junk food that's in the UK, they have some pretty good chips. Like, there's there's this chip. Uh, it's like the I don't know what the Lay's. It's like Lay's over oh, there. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. So they have these uh, this flavor called Smoky Bacon Crisps, and like that sh- that should I mean that shit's good. I'm not gonna lie. Like I wish I had those chips here. But aside from that, everything else to me is kind of. Wow. How about this? Listen, on, on Ubisoft's bill, right? One why, <laughs> why don't they take us all to the UK, you know, next event there, whatever, and then you know, just pay for a bunch of different foods. I mean, I think that's a great idea Imagine for type of content. A col- collaboration with the city of London where we walk around in the city and we just kind of try different things. What is it to visit London? I was just throwing a collaboration. Ideas. Like I- who are we, Milos? Like, what, hey, hey, PGL did that for the PGL Krakow Major back in 2016, and I watched that and actually wanted, I wanted to visit the city just because of it. Little did I know that a year later I'd be working like 20 minutes away from the city itself. So it's completely worth it. Did you used to yeah. work in hospitality, Lux? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was I worked in a bar slash restaurant, then also a restaurant. I worked as a chef, well, a cook. Not a chef, but then I also, I mean, I basically did it all. Like I did hosting, I did uh, waiter for a bit, I did cooking for a bit, I did dishes for a bit. So I, I hated, I hated working in food because just smelling like food every single day was like, I was over it. I was over it pretty you know, fast. If if I ever get to make it to North America, um, especially to the U.S., I want some legit like Mexican food. It's it's nigh impossible to find in Europe. I found Dude, most a- most Europeans don't even know what a Mexican is. I'm gonna be honest. That's that's completely true. Uh, th- th- then again, what I've seen, some Americans will go to Spain and be like, "Do I pay in pesos here?" I'm not even joking. I literally really? saw that in front of me in Valencia. So don't don't Valencia. worry. <laughs> Valencia, yes. Valencia. As, Valencia, as they would say. But Mexico, <laughs> like Canada, had actually like some some good. Uh, Mexican places that I went to. And- That's the best Mexican food I've ever had. Was in Montreal. That huh. sounds so de- like. Listen, I'm like I might not look it. I might not look it. 
Huh. I'm Mexican and I come from a Mexican family and like obviously like I've grown up with authentic Mexican food but to say that you've had the best Mexican food in Canada yeah but you put it into context hey, the hey, best Mexican food that me. I've had he's he's inviting us over for good Mexican food that's yeah what you guys you guys can come to the family you invite me over for dinner bro I'm there okay, like you can I'm, just I'm go like, to the west less. coast go to the west coast find like <laughs> one of those like trucks those like taco trucks on the side and I swear to god they're just it's an unreal amount of flavor they you know, put in those th things. This is like most um, like immigrant places that you walk into. As you know, Arab myself, what I see here in Europe is like, if the the restaurant also has like um, what you would call an embassy or like a space where you can just buy market stuff from them and you can see the grandma or the abuela or whatever sitting in the back, you know this is a legit family place and you're going to get yeah. the good stuff from there. Yeah, That's the one you're looking for. One, one, one thing that my parents always said is if you walk into an establishment, and there are people of the from different. that culture that yeah. are eating there, then you know it's going to be a good yeah, place. Yeah, you know it's yeah. good. True, true. Anyways, uh, from then on, it's it's always good to, to, to chat about this sort of stuff with you guys. But from from this moment, we move on to OXG's performance at the major. And we want to preface all of this by stating, you know, you were in group A. Elevate were not there. Uh, you topped that group. Great. But you also came in with two new players on the squad what what was that transition from invitational into stage one nal um first of all i just want to preface by saying we went into our group 4-0 and if elevate was there we would have went into it 6-0 um i don't think there was a single team in our bracket that could have competed with us um now that being said it was a huge drastic change i guess before the event wondering if dream and newers how they would you know gel at their technically their first international event uh so there was a lot of preparation going into it and a lot of i guess questions on how everything would be but once the game started getting getting going i think we could have been in the best possible group to get those guys situated because obviously mm. the teams that we were playing against weren't incredible you know crazy land winning teams but they also weren't terrible teams so it mm -hmm. was a good first step in the door for both uh, dream and newers and for the whole team to kind of get situated uh, in this new environment. Although I already know Lax is going to say it, the chairs that they had were not good. <laughs> so that was like, the only challenge we had to we, deal with. We had an Office Depot like sponsorship or something. Like, uh, I did like see we some had cushions. We had, but well, yeah, because I was the one that started that whole thing. Like, I like before our game, I was like, listen, I'm not playing if I don't. Because, so like, like, this is what the chairs were like, right? I'm, I'm going to give you a brief example. Like, they were leaned back this far, and they were locked there. Like, there was nothing to change that. So, like, you know, I sit up. Like, I, I tend to think, like, I have really good posture when I play. Like, I use lumbar supports and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to sit up straight. But when I'm back here, and this is how you have to play, and then on top of it, the arms, like, don't even get me started on the arms. But anyways, it was just it was just overall, like, they were terrible chairs. Um, so... It was rough and i told them like i'm not going to play like unless i have something to like support my back and that can you know i can kind of feel so yeah this the setups were awful in that aspect we had better setups in our practice room area for chairs and everything than what was actually on the stage okay something that i wanted to ask and it it sort of ties in nicely with what you were talking about fox over the course of the weekend obviously everyone that has spoken about the the major whether they've been doing a podcast whether they've been on the desk or whatever has all been they've all been talking about sort of rookies coming in so people with very little experience there were so many inexperienced air quotes players coming in that had never done an event your team was really nice because there's you two who've been around forever 
you've got all this experience, you've traveled internationally, you've done all sorts of different things in terms of playing and traveling. And then you're able to bring that to the to the new players, dreams and news. So what does that really look like? Because it's something that really gets spoken about, but is that something that, is that a conversation you have with them? Like, do you set expectations or what's the thought process around it? That's I'll, a good question. You go first. I'll say, so like, no matter, and like Fox can touch up on this too. And, you know, me and Fox have been team for a long time. And also Vert, like, let's not forget Vert. Like, Vert is also a huge yeah, for sure. factor for our team as well. And he has tons of experience just like me and Fox do. Um, but... I think I can speak for everyone on our team is like, no matter the roster change and what's happened, we've made tons of roster changes. As everyone knows that's followed our team. Um, you know, like we've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, I, no one here is going to get complacent to be a point like, you know, we're just happy to be in pro league. We're just happy to be placing this. Like no matter who we pick up, like I a hundred percent try to reinforce it into everyone's heads that we pick up. Like, you know, we're picking you up because we believe that you're going to make this team better and you can help us improve and maintain a top position but not only maintain a top position to getting first place and if we aren't getting anything you know past that and we're just not reaching those expectations changes will happen like it's plain and simple i've been doing this for like speaking for myself now i've been doing this now for seven years and you know if i'm not still making lands i'm not placing top four i'm not you know even in contention for you know a potential first place then I don't want to be a part of it. Like plain mm -hmm. and simple. I don't want to be dealing with that. Like I don't want to be wasting any more time. I don't have any more time to just sit here and, you know, have one good season and then the next one be completely terrible and not make it like, so the expectations are set extremely high for this team. Yeah. I would say that at least for more of building players up, <laughs> I feel like we found a really good system, especially going through all of it with Kino and Yogg prior mm. and now seeing how successful they are on their own team, trying to do the exact same thing, but, you know, on a brand new roster with three rookies, well, I guess two rookies and spirits, I wouldn't consider spirits a rookie. And I think we've shown that as a team, like we just know what fundamentals you need to instill in a player to just make them an all around great player. Mm -hmm. You know, teams talk about teams like DZ where like, oh, they, they make a really good, they have a really amazing teamwork and they're all about teamwork and everything like that. And I think, you know, different teams have different systems that work for different players. So I don't know if team, you know, a player like Newers would have been successful or crazy on a different team. Like, you know, a team like DZ, he might've, but he might, he might not have. So I think with us, the biggest thing is just making sure that it's kind of like a family first in a way. I feel like we're just the core of our team, just me, Lax, and Vert, and our two coaches, Hopes and Redeem. Like, we're very close together. Like, we're, you know, we like to have fun, and we like to be, like, a family pretty much of, like, brothers. So I think that's a big thing that a lot of people strive for when they're kind of leaving high school, you know, going to pursue gaming as a, in, as a career, and they're coming into an actual team that takes care of you in real life. Instead of just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, treat it like a job, wake up 9 a.m., practice, don't talk to me for the rest of the day. Like, you know, I think that's something that we offer that a lot of teams just don't necessarily offer that. And that's nothing wrong to their system, but they just have different players, different personalities, different mindsets. So, And I think to just even touch up with what Fox was saying, like in terms of that environment, we also, I think our team specifically, because, you know, a lot of teams – in the past, I'm not even talking now, like, you know, when they make one roster change or two roster change, like you see them struggle, you see them not even be the team that they were prior. And given our results, like we've always maintained top four with every roster change that we've done. So obviously, you know, to what our, reg our regimen is and like how we do it, like clearly, you know, there is success rate that shows. Um, but 
touching up on that and elaborating more on it, I think giving new players, you know, a shot as well. And then also letting them kind of play, you know, like kind of how they want, like, you know, we aren't so like, you know, this is our team, you know, you're going to listen to what we want. Like, this is this blah, blah, blah. Like we do give the player the ability to be their own player and kind of set their own standards. Obviously, you know, we have, like I said, you know, this certain regimen and like what we hold, you know, accountable to players and what needs to be done to be met in certain criteria. But as a new player, we do allow new players to be themselves, to kind of figure out where they want to be at in terms of roles and, you know, what works best for them. Like that's the, that's the one thing that I will say just teaming with Fox and Vert for as long as I have is the flexibility just with us three, we can make new players and bring in new players and get them comfortable almost immediately, you know, right away than what I think some teams do because some teams are so stuck on like, okay, this is what we've been for so long and this is what we're going to continue to do. And it takes players a lot longer to adjust to that versus like I said, with ours, you know, we allow the player to kind of, you know, try to find what works with them and then integrate it with how me Fox and Vert work. So yeah. That's just a that's, little more touched up on that. That's great you bring that bring that up because I feel like our team is so good at flexibility and like doing whatever needs to be done and, and people don't talk about that. You know, sometimes depending on roster changes, like half of our roster is playing musical chairs with finding a role. But if you go to a different team that's very structured and you put one guy who's used to playing, I don't know, like uh, I don't know, is Finca LMG, and then you're like, All right, dog, well you gotta play you gotta play a Rooney with 12 bullets in a mag and played in this spot and then all of a sudden their brain explodes so i feel like we're one team that you know people don't really talk about how you know everybody's switching to fit everyone and make everybody as comfortable as possible uh, it's the flexibility yeah. of a team in general but also the individual players themselves being able to get on any roles do you think that helped you out when going up in the quarters against bds because a lot of people would say the same about bds in europe uh, you know we we heard there was a you know, maybe a rivalry being built, OXG and BDS, you know, cores that have been around forever that go up against one another in this yeah. big venue. You know, it, it got close. And at any point in time, this game could have slipped either way. Uh, at any point in my life, I've always considered BDS a team that was overrated. Um, I feel like <laughs> people are always, ah, oh, BDS is an event, BDS is an event. It's never going to be BDS is an event. I feel like the attitude that they bring to the game is what prevents them from being that team to win a tournament. Um, but my whole thing is I think European teams are very structured. And at one point in the game, that meta was heavily favored. But now mm -hmm. with the hyper aggression and adaptability, I feel like European teams struggle to that adaptation and to that aggressive play style that I guess Brazil and NA are thriving in right now. And at least for BDS, we knew that as long as we played our game and tried to call, you know, the flexible, you know, the flexible changes that we needed to do that we would be able to kind of bring it over. And again, yeah, we have the players that have that clutch potential that can always explode in a round. So for us, yeah, like you're saying against BDS, you may say that they're pretty, you know, unpredictable and they switch things up. I think that they didn't switch enough up. And when it came to our game, especially in those last overtime rounds, like, you know, we ended up calling some pretty pretty on the fly type of plays and you know we just had the players that made them work so i think that's what kind of pushed us forward against them 
Yeah, and to even just say, like, you know, throughout me and Fox's career, I don't think we've ever really had a solid five. I think we've always had, you know, and, and it's not to, like, knock any former teammates or anything like that. Um, you know, and some players work better on other teams or, you know, just didn't work overall. But, like, I feel like with me and Fox, especially in the beginning, you know, we never always had, like, a strong five where, like, a lot of these rosters that are, you know, on top or – competing at the highest level like have always had like a very structured team across the board whereas like i said we didn't have that and you know to still maintain and that's where you know just touching back on like i don't think we get enough credit is like you know we have maintained a top position and like i'm not one to brag about getting you know fourth place third place because like i want to be winning it but like to maintain that consistency with not having a strong five across the board whereas like now you know prior to kino and yog like that was i think the strongest i've ever felt as a team and then you know then transitioning into ethan and mitch and like thinking that we're even stronger with the five that we have now versus then it was when it's you know it was just two players carrying the team or three players carrying the team like having the rosters now like i feel way more confident in the future you know in our professional careers than what you know it kind of was back then where you know we were doing you know even more just to make things mm. happen. Whereas like now, like I said, you know, we have the strong five that we didn't for a long time. What does that change actually change in your gameplay now with, you know, the, the two player change on the squad? I think oh, I'll let you, I was going to say to keep it quick. I think it, it changes like the different play styles because there are some situations where players are so used to after you get a kill going for the second, going for the third, the mm. third, trying to get those clips and I think when you have a solid team where everyone plays their spot perfectly, you don't have to do that as much. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that you try to work in. If you look at a team like DZ, they do that perfectly. Like, Hyper can get four kills, and still, they don't break. They don't move, and Hyper's not running around to go get the fifth. You know, they're just focused on the win. So I think that's that's the biggest thing when you see that change in players and playstyle. I think something that is maybe a little bit too sort of stigmatized is making changes. You know, like she touched on there about you're a team that has, you know, as as a core has been able to achieve, you know, so many top four finishes without this sort of consistent five. Um, obviously, teams that have, you know, done really well this year domestically, not necessarily internationally, teams like W7M, um, pretty much a, a really brand new roster. Like, there's only a couple of mm -hmm. remaining players there. Team One were a little bit of a surprise as well. You know, a team built entirely around Lagonis. Do you think that there's too much sort of pressure for teams not to make changes and just to make things work versus actually trying to find this winning formula, keeping to your core values? but not, you know, just trying to stick with it and be stubborn, just saying, yeah, like we don't play well together. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it it comes to a realization at some point in your career, like, you know, you really begin to analyze things a lot more in depth than maybe what you were, you know, at the start of your career. I mean, that, that should happen naturally just with more experience. And I think, you know, it's not a one size fit all for teams, mm -hmm. clearly. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like me and Fox have won every single event. So, you know, there's still obviously things that we can change or do to, you know, make things better overall but like you know it's still maintained it's still got us to maintain a top position in you know what we're doing which you know is important but like obviously me and fox want to be winning like but still so i don't think it's a one-size-fit-all but i think it is important to be flexible i think that is 
a very important thing that I think some teams do struggle with is that flexibility is, you know, you're so stuck in one way instead of trying to figure out like, you know, maybe if I did this or maybe I did that, like Fox has jumped between roles and IGL, this, that, like, you know, I think it's important just even for certain people in certain positions to be doing those things, doing those adaptations. So like I said, I don't think it's a one size fix. I think the biggest thing that teams should be doing, whether it's hesitation or roster, this, that is just like learning to be flexible and trying to make something work before you end up removing you know, something from the equation. But what happened in the semis? Honestly, we just, you know, we were so, I mean, granted, you know, it's a brand new roster and everything, but we, you know, we figured out how to play APEC within the time that we had. We figured out how to play Brazil within the time. We figured out how to play EU within that time. And then once it actually got back to our own region, we just completely forgot how to play against it. We completely forgot how to adapt to it. We've completely forgot how to just play against it. And that was a clear showing. I mean, granted, I will say Astralis were playing lights out siege, but even for us, like we just couldn't get the fundamentals that we had throughout all of NAL, you know? So I don't want to knock anything from Astralis. I think they played great. We just, once it came to that, if we played how we played against BDS, but playing that style, versus another North American team, it wouldn't have worked. We had to play our regular North American style versus another North American style. And, you know, it would have worked out. But well, I don't want to say it would have worked out, but it would have been a lot closer in rounds than obviously what we showed. Yeah, I think we've always been that team where we're so good internationally. And I would consider us like one of the NA's best like international teams. Like, you know, you look at TSM, like, yeah, they might be doing bad domestically, but they go to invite, they win invite. You know what I'm saying? So... I think us, like no matter what, internationally will always be good because of our play styles. But and a team specifically, it's just almost like, you know, those guys just are really good at reading what we do. And we need to be able to adapt quicker in the in the in that regard. Now, when you're playing against a team that doesn't know you, like BDS or an APAC team or a Brazilian team, they will take that extra second to, I guess, kind of try to strategize like what you're doing and how to counter it and like how to just attack something. But from us we're expecting them to do the unexpected because we don't really know what they're doing now against the na team like astralis where we played against them we scrimmed against them we kind of know what each other do those guys will be a lot more sporadic because they've known what we do for longer whereas like we don't really know what they're doing and when we try to adapt we're taking that extra second Mm -hmm. but we don't have that extra second because they have a really good grasp on what we're doing so they're abusing the fact that it's taking us that long and then that builds a little bit of hesitation and yeah, honestly, I just think that Astralis, they played amazing that day. I will not lie. They played incredible. They played incredible the whole tournament. But that day, that was their, like, they're going to go to finals day. Like, everything they were doing, every movement we made, every play we did. Everything was in sync. Like, they were yeah. capitalizing off, like, any yeah. mistake. Like, we, we literally couldn't get a foot in the door in any yeah. of the rounds. So, it was like, you know. It's obviously unfortunate. I think had, you know, there would have been a loser's bracket. I think had we gone to a loser's bracket, I think everyone would like got the understanding because that was our first loss. Like we went the whole yeah. stage group stage. It was playoffs, a bad time. Yeah. So it was like, I feel like had we had, you know, like a loser's bracket, I think we, you know, it would have been a mental reset. I've been like, okay, like let's put the loss behind us. Let's focus up the rest. But like, you know, that was kind of it. It clearly showed, you know, we couldn't get a foot in the door. It was, you know, seven, one, seven, two, and, you know, that was that. So, you know, there were things to take from that, you know, as you know, yes, I don't want, I don't personally want to use the excuse, you know, we're a brand new team, you know, like, you know, I'm happy we made the strides that we did because like, this is expected. This is what should be the case. Mm-hmm. It's just moving forward. Like, you know, taking from what happened with Astralis 
and, you know, then, you know, fundamentally just working that in all of our heads, moving forward, going into the next stage, going in even into the next major that, you know, we're going to be more prepared and be more on the fly when those things need to be happening. Okay. I think if yeah. anything, it's almost more impressive given the fact that, you know, if you think about what you've been doing over the last six months, you've picked up two new players. So you haven't really had an off season after SI, like mm-hmm. a lot of teams do yeah. in the lead up to stage one. <laughs> Because you'll have been onboarding those. You can see it under my eyes. We haven't had a. (laughs) You look tired from it. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, for you guys to then do very well in in NAL, you even beat Astralis, I think, wasn't it in like the second play day or something? It was like seven, 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 two, two, something like that. It was was early on in the stage, though, like second play day. Yeah. Or something like that. You you were able to beat Astralis. So, you beat them ages ago. It just didn't, I, I don't know, it just seemed like the rock in the road. Like, you you don't look at the rock and all of a sudden it's there. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't focus on the rock. Don't focus and you hit the rock. Um, cause I, I had you guys down as, as taking it. And I was thinking, you know, oxygen looking sure, good. We, like we the were, whole we were crowd were behind you as well. I was seeing um, OHG liquid in the final. That's what I was that, repeating. That, you know, that, that's why it's disappointing. Like, you know, I can handle a loss. You know, I've, I've had my ups and downs through my career. I've had my losses. I've had my wins, but it's like to just to lose like that, like without putting up an effort, mm. like that's what hurts the most. You know, mm. if it was like the games like BDS where it was going, eight seven you know eight six like you know i would be i'd feel more comfortable about the loss but to just go out like that and just look like we would just didn't even play like that that's what hurts the most is that we just didn't even look like the team that we were looking like throughout the entire nal or throughout the entire groups going into playoffs fair enough but you know the trophy remains in north america now you you played astralis and of course they went to the grand final uh they lost to dark zero eventually DZ, you know, we got Canadian players been around forever, much like you two. Trophy still goes to them. How does it feel to not have, you know, Europe turn around and say, ha, we told you so. We're going to win this. Keep winning us from now on. Well, I was never. So, I mean, let me say this. Who said that in Europe, Milosh? I was, I was, I was never worried about Europe ever to begin with. Like, let, 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 let me make this straight. The only reason why Europe had a face on the map in the first place was because of Penta and G2. Like that was the only reason like those, that, that team back then, like that was the only reason why Europe was on a map. And so to think of like Europe, like I I don't care, like it's irrelevant to me. NA has improved a ton. LATAM hasn't improved a ton. APEC even has improved a ton. So I was never really worried about Europe. I personally think Europe was only known just because of G2 and Penta, which is to be fair because they were winning everything. Mm -hmm. So then you have LATAM come around and, you know, then they start placing better. They're making it out of playoffs. They're doing this and that. They win invite, you know, they're the top three teams at invite. And then even at the next invite, you know, they were up there as well. And there was only one European team being Empire. And I will say, I won't forget about Empire. Empire had like a really good showing, not as consistent as obviously G2 and Penta, but like, Right over superior over like supremacy all that stuff like it was g2 and all that stuff so i was never really worried about eu but having the trophy back here at home like yeah it's great you know i'm happy na like it clearly has shown you know like all the teams na teams were in the playoffs and then i think at invite all of na was at least top eight or top 12 i think ssg went out top 12 and then the four of us stayed uh top eight and then we won it so yeah, obviously for like a regional thing, like, yeah, it's great that NA's, you know, on top and doing this, but I wanted to win it. I mean, I wanted to be the ones of why, you know, we won the event. Yeah. So, but, you know, DZ played great throughout the event. Astralis played great throughout the event. All the NA teams showed up. 
So yeah, I will say overall, I'm happy it is an NA. Did, I mean, did you guys see my tweet? I, I actually won the major. Did you? Wait. Yeah, did you see the tweet? Wait. Let me I don't think I saw it. I had, I had the trophy. It was a pretty good one. Can we pull it? Fox's tweet up? Did Did you steal the the trophy? No. I need to Looked like it. a cool trophy, to be fair. Yeah. That, yeah. Trophy. It was a very cool trophy. No, you don't. Uh, see my <laughs> oh, I have seen it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I won Honestly, the Not not bad at all. Honestly, that seeing seeing the um, was that a drunk tweet? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh boy. Was How'd this you guess? after party? <laughs> no, because he said quoted it why do my drunk tweet drunk tweets always bang i'm so surprised with how well that tweet that i did not think it was gonna like do that good i just i was at i was at a at their the house and i just saw a bust and i was like oh that looks exactly like the trophy it'd be funny if i took a pic with it especially with the dz guys they were all around me too so (laughs) oh you weren't lying whatsoever i mean you you even had a photo where you know you were you were showing off the buns Right? That was was that uh, you or was that of Ethan? Was it? No, that was Newers. No, that was Ethan. That was Newers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Newers twerking. There's a picture of me on there, and let me say, I got a wagon on me. I mean, you know what? That's um... what do you say to that? It's a great way to wrap up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, glute, glute workouts or something else. You know, they they really they really do the work. So I came natural. the Latino heat in me. Shout out to all the homies out there. Uh, you know, keep rocking it. That's all we're going to say about it. Laxbox, thank you very much for joining in. Uh, to end it all, stage two and the next major, what do we look forward to? I'll let Fox um, take it away. I think for stage two, our biggest thing is just having a different type of play style and a, a, being able to, I guess, you know, deepen our, not our, necessarily our strategy, but the way that we play off of each other based off different regions. First event, we have a lot to learn and a lot to go over. Mm-hmm um so stage two last year was pretty abysmal for us so i think you know as long as we keep the same type of aggression and play style and you know add the improvement that we had that we learned from this event uh and we make it to this next event then you know i don't know i don't see us slowing down just yet so hopefully we'll be there at the next event and maybe that one you know we'll be end up leaving with the trophy better be sure getting tired of third and fourth place Honestly. what are you guys both thinking about just quickly about two operators coming actually yeah now that everything's allowed you know we got because now that everything's gotta... like you you were talking about you know your flexibility adaptability <sighs> like are we gonna see sense are we gonna see a lot of it or have you guys not made a judgment i'm kind of i mean azami is definitely going to be someone that i'm think is going to be used a lot just because of the angles that you can make the cutoffs you can make with her so i definitely saw her getting a ton of use i haven't watched a lot of stuff on sense is that the name yes the operator yeah um i haven't seen too much of the ability i've seen some stuff from what people are posting and it looks like Laz can instantly look through it without even needing to charge the scope yeah which which to me I saw that that's already going to be kind of an issue um, because, you know, you can just have glass just run in and not be seen and he can look through it. No problem. Um, so I think, you know, there's obviously going to be things that are going to need to be changed. You're going to see some meta change up, but um, I think a zombie is definitely going to get more use um, and just like even beneficial for teams use uh, than I think sense will bring. 
Yeah, Zombie's gonna change up change up a couple different things on defense. I could already picture like the the loser lamo teams that are all about like strategy and stuff, just all making your weird. Teams. Yeah, I was thinking more DZ, man. I can't wait to see the, the cringe shit they do. Oh, put a wall here. You go to punch it. You get your toe shot off. Like, oh, my God. I think, I think you'll see cooler like... stuff and how we use a zombie than you'll see what other teams bring. But, yeah, there's definitely going to be some nerdy stuff that comes from a zombie for sure. All right. I'm really looking forward to it then. Laxfox, thank you very much. I know you basically just got home from the major, so thank you so much for – joining us on the second episode of the prep phase and the extra troika of course uh that concludes our on the cctv section and now we'll move on to our last one with x so lax fox thank you again appreciate it guys thank you all right for our final segment for today's prep phase episode number two it's time for Reddit Droning. Our final segment, we're going to keep this one short. We've already spent a lot of time talking about the important bits, the major, the changes, and of course, a great interview with Lax and Foxy. Of course, all of this brought to you by our great sponsors of Predator Gaming that make this all happen. Does it show with the truth? That's not something you usually hear often, do you, X? Never. All I'm saying is y'all need a UK event. He's even using y'all appropriating American culture. We'll show you a chant or 12, not this let's go blah, blah crap. They tried, didn't they, bless them? They tried. If anybody watched the finals, um, you could just sort of hear a pocket of very loud Brits, and it included Des, M, <laughs> and Tim. And they were trying to come out with... There was even a video on, on Twitter of Des trying to get the um, like the Will Griggs on fire. It was like, uh, Astralis on fire. DZ a terrified. Like, it was a bit oh, weak, no. Des, but you tried. I would agree, though. I think that they're a better chance than Let's Go. Yeah, I think we, we need to bring the Major to Europe with an audience. I mean, the UK, uh, UK fans are just another level with chance, but because it's in English. But if you go to France, you hear chants in, in football fields, Germany, you know, it's it's another world. So overall, let's just keep all the majors in Europe or in Asia. Um, we sign off on that, right? CEO of Rainbow Six, thank you very Signature. much. Done. There it is. So up on to our next one, a bit of drama with Latam players. Um, a certain player that just did not stop uh, the whole time. I guess all we got to say sometimes for coaches, it's good to babysit and tell your players to log out of Twitter or just take their phones away. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, definitely. There's, there's definitely time to stop, isn't there? When the fun stops, stop. Um, and even if the fun never started, stop. Um, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just stop. Um, just stop is what we're saying. There's a, there's a time to put the phone down. Um, and, I, and I think that we, we we maybe got there for a few people over the course of this major, particularly on Twitter. We, we crossed the line and then some. Um, our trophy for the sixth Charlotte major was a sexy bust of Thermite. I never thought I'd be saying something like that, but here we are. And a hell of a trophy. I really like the Shattered World style uh, that they went through for this event. Yeah, it was it was really strange, wasn't it? Because the um, you know you looked at all the artwork and stuff, 
And obviously you think about the Sweden major, it was like a very sort of starry night, sort of Northern lighty kind of theme. Um, a little bit phase skin esque, which is beautiful because they won it. Um, obviously after the fact that they'd already made a skin, so it was kind of kind of weird. But this major was was strange in terms of the branding in that you don't really think of Charlotte and immediately think of anything in particular, at least I don't. Um, so to see this like dusty end of the world sort of post-apocalyptic vibe uh, of all these like hanging meteors and stuff like that that were that were in all of the all the sort of b-roll and stuff i mm-hmm. thought it was awesome um and then the, the trophy just uh, nobody wants a glass trophy that you can't see that just looks shiny and like give me thermite's head white with a marble effect on it that's right. what people want and you know it's a good thing it stayed in north america um because Imagine getting trophy. I mean, there are players out there uh, in every sort of esports esport that have tried to kind of take their trophy through airport security. Uh, let's just say that sucks. Uh, but try explaining that to your TSA agent. Would love to hear that conversation. We, to be honest, Milosh, I don't. Th- we didn't even want it in EU. No, I don't think we'll ever need to have one here. In, nah, we, in we saw the trophy and we thought, you know what? Nah, you're all right. It's too too much of a hassle. That's too we've been hassle. saying that for two and a half years. So here we are. Uh, good to know. Good to know where it all comes <laughs> from. Um, well, on the topic of you know teams that actually you know made it to the stage. Um, Team one, uh, you know, against all odds with three players on the stage, including Lagotness, as some would say, two players arriving as cardboard cutouts. That was quite heartwarming, wasn't it? These guys made the best of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. To see the, you know, you look at the smile on Lagotness's face and it's genuine. You know, he's it's like big crowd. We've made it. We didn't all make it, but some of us made it, you know. And to think the work that's gone on to actually get those boys to the major, you know, to play the group stage remotely, then figure out visas in that time, and then send three players. Credit to the org, credit to Lagonis, and credit to the team as a whole. Um, I think under different circumstances, I don't, I don't know how much of you know they were playing off adrenaline. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that really came into it. They won that first best of Probably. best of three. Uh, they won that first map, so I think something came into it there, but. Yeah, I think the cardboard cutouts, there was a post actually on the official account mm-hmm. um, and it was, they were, they were tearing down the show and there's just these like two cardboard cutouts like on top of all of like the boxes and stuff. Oh. Um, so I don't think they even got home. Honestly, they, they should have just like organized a giveaway for them or something in Brazil, you know, that would have been... I want to see him at every event. Honestly, I I I know he's not here anymore, but I want a cardboard cutout of Fox. Uh, that's just <laughs> my personal... I guess, fantasy at this point. Um, And finally, typing GG before your teammate is dead is so disrespectful. That was the general vibe that we were getting as the game was live. I was co-streaming and I heard the same thing being said in in chat, on Twitter, on, you know, wherever. It, uh, yeah, in that situation, I mean, it was a 5v4 advantage for G2, still lost it, right? Uh, EU team throwing uh, around, they should have won in every single way. Who would have thought? But what's what's your take on you know typing GG before the round is over? Everybody knows what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the outcome of that round. You don't need to preempt it in any way because it's going to be over in the maximum amount of time it could be is however long's left on the clock, mm-hmm. and there isn't usually long. So for me, 
I'd just rather that you just express your frustration elsewhere instead of smacking GG in. Because, and, and I don't know, I, I guess it depends on the person who's left alive and what their sort of personality type is, but I would feel like there was like a lack of faith in me to get the job done and like do the impossible. Because mm-hmm. it's siege, crazy things that do happen. True. But yeah, I just think it's, it's just, you wouldn't expect the person that's doing the clutching to just take the hand of my, a hand off the keyboard and for the whole team to stand up and be like, oh, well, G- and, the, and the clock's still ticking down. You know, you wouldn't expect that. So why drop the GG? Agreed. Agreed. There would have been better situations to kind of have that in. Just, you know, even though the writing was on the wall and it was already done. Everyone knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, give it, give it a moment. Give it, give it that second. It's completely worth it. Well, well, X, this marks the end of our Reddit droning. Uh, today, we didn't spend as much time on this sort of bit as we did on the first episode of Prep Phase because there was so much to talk about and a great interview uh, with Lax and Fox. Thank you to Demo for joining me and thank you to, to both you and Demo, Ollie. You both joined in with literally three hours, um, <laughs> you know, heads up on it because unfortunately running time zones for people on different ends of the planet is more difficult than anybody would have thought it would be we need to get milosh a couple more watches i only have one and you, it's need, a watch. you need a i bought a watch, NA for watch 95 euros and that's it yeah you need an na watch an eu watch and a and an apac watch there we go get it uh, honestly this this <gasps> clock's wall, on the wall you know what i want to do with this wall is like i want to turn this wall into a place you know this camera angle doesn't show the whole thing but I have like an old map. I already have some old, like 200-year-old maps that I want to add on here. Some flags, maybe some old advertisements. Oh, it's all going to look so so cozy. So <laughs> that's that's the goal. It's going to be like a gro- globetrotter kind of thing. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe some of them will be watches, t- you know, turned towards specific parts of the world. Maybe one of them will be just siege time uh, as, uh, you know, Tim and, a- Tim and Ace. <laughs> As, as Aeson does. It's a Tim and Ace show, isn't it, really? Honestly, that's, that's all I'm there for. Well, X, thank you very much. Anything you would like to say to you know, people out there and on behalf of Demo, I guess? Um, oh, on behalf of Demo. That's yes, a, you can say whatever you it's want. It's a dangerous one to give me the give me the power to say that. Um, thanks for watching. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, it's nice getting stuck into a bit more podcast stuff, a bit more of, a, of an informal chat and uh, sort of mixing those two things in. So I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please leave your feedback down below wherever this is posted and have the great rest of your day. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for watching the prep phase. I hope you enjoyed everything. Please let us know in the comments what you thought about all of this. If there's some things you'd like to be done for our next episode, which will be more in preparation for our next stage of, um, I guess, competition in general, uh, all regions, but especially on EU League, which is where you know our team kind of focuses on. So let us know. That was Reddit Droning, our final segment. Went through esports news. It went R6 Cap, CCTV, and now the end of it all. Thank you again, X Demo, Laxing, and Fox for joining me today. And we will see you on our next episode. Thank you so much to our sponsor that makes it all happen, Predator Gaming. Till then, take care. We love you. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.